Genesis chapter number 12. I'm going to read a couple verses and go into chapter 13. And we're preaching about this great character called Abraham. And so, Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 7 and 8 tonight. And the Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and said unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. Genesis chapter 13, we know that he goes down to Egypt for just a short span of time. I don't believe it was there long because there was a famine in Canaan. And when we get to chapter 13, the Bible says, And Abram went up out of Egypt. So he's making his way back. And his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, a place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, under the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Thank you. You can be seated. Father, we love you this evening. We're thankful, Lord, for this good day you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for this dear family with us tonight going to Denmark. We pray for them tonight. We pray you'll bless them abundantly in the days ahead. I pray, Lord, that you'll, uh, Lord, help them to reach Denmark, as he said, in a timely fashion. I pray, Lord, that you would give him great favor in the days ahead with the churches he'll be going to, I pray many will be able to take him on. And I pray, God, that you'll give them what they need, Lord, for their finances. And, Lord, I pray that you'll bless him mightily when he gets there. May they win many souls to the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God. We pray you'll help us here at Temple, Lord, to do all that we possibly can to support missionaries around the world. Thank you for helping us do that to some degree. But, Lord, we've got a long way to go of what we need to be doing. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us as your people to have a, even a greater burden than we have tonight, Lord. God, for the sinners all around the world. And, Lord, I pray you'll help us to uh, increase as we are able to, Lord, uh, in giving in these areas. We pray now, Lord, for a few moments of time that you'll anoint us to preach the Word of God and help us to feed the flock, and we'll love you for all you do. In Jesus' name we humbly pray, amen. amen. Uh, last week we looked at Abraham's conduct and realized that this conduct of Abraham was brought to pass because Abraham had took a journey uh, down to Egypt. Uh, we know, as we said, that Egypt, of course, is a type of the world, and Abraham had went down there because of the famine that arose in Canaan. Uh, this circumstance that arose in Abraham's life um, was not handled very well. And as a result, we know that Abraham came back with some things that he would never get rid of. Right. Uh, circumstances can look so appealing but be very deceiving in appearance. And so we all have to be careful with our circumstances that we face in life many times. 
We know that Isaiah cried out in his book in chapter 31, verse 1, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. And so the believer uh, tonight, uh, the world does not have anything to offer us to help us. Amen. Uh, I lived in it uh, pretty much for 18 years of my life, and I never found anything spiritual there. And you'll not find nothing spiritual down there either. And so we shouldn't run to the world when things get difficult. Uh, we shouldn't bail out on God when the road gets rough. I, I think about James chapter number one and James' admonition was, my brethren count it all joy uh, when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then First Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So if only Abraham could have had some patience in this circumstance that came into his life, uh, things might have turned out different. Amen. In spite of Abraham's failure tonight, uh, in this circumstance, we know that Abraham was walking with God. Uh, Even God's best is not perfect. And even the great characters we have in the Bible that we step back and say, wow, uh, these men had flaws in their life. They had failures in their life. And as we said last week, God didn't cover them up in the Bible. He let them be there to let us see that although these men walked with God and we looked at them as doing something supernatural, you and I can have that same walk with God. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so William Law said, self is the root, the tree and the branches of all evils of our fallen state. And so ourself is all of our problems, amen. amen. And I've heard, said it and heard it said many times over the years, the biggest problem I have is with myself, amen. amen. Uh, and so the quicker you figure that out and quit blaming everybody else on your problems, you'll find out when you look in the mirror, I think I'm the one that's got the problem, amen. amen. I want to look tonight at Abraham's communion for just a moment. This is going to, this is going to turn in, I think, to several messages after I got to digging around the Bible, amen. And so we're just going to cover a little bit tonight, but we'll look at some other places in Scripture about Abraham's communion. You know, going to Canaan from Egypt, going to Canaan from Egypt is always up. Uh, Genesis 13, 1, and Abraham went up. Out of Egypt, thank God. That's right. And so geographically, but uh, here, uh, it was also uh, an up spiritually for Abraham. Uh, The up here in Abraham's life symbolizes the direction of Abraham's spirituality as a result of coming out of Egypt. The more that you move toward the things of God, it's always going to be an up in your spiritual life. And so Canaan for Abraham, of course, represented God's place and God's precepts and God's plan. Egypt represents the world and all of its vices. Moving out of Egypt, therefore, is always up. And so when we talk about living in Canaan land, as Bible believers, we know that Canaan is not a type of heaven, but it's 
a type and a place of consistent spiritual victory. Amen. And I want to reach that. I'm not saying that I'm there. Uh, sometimes I feel like my life is a, a yo-yo. Amen. And you're up and down, up and down. But I, I can tell as I've walked with God uh, for these years that some of that is finally going away and I'm not in up and down and uh, as I used to be. Amen. And I'm learning that, uh, you know, well, this trial I'm facing. Well, you know, I, I faced something that years ago, so I sort of know how to handle a little bit of this now. Amen. And so in life, in progression in your Christian life, you're going to find out that you, you can become more consistent in your walk with God. And you don't have to be up and down. You don't have to little, every little old thing knock you out of the saddle. Amen. You just learn how to take the blows, take the hits, and just keep walking with God. And thank God for people that can do that and learn how to do that. Amen. Uh, we see in our text that Abraham was going up spiritually instead of down as he did in Egypt because when he got back to Canaan, he got back to the altar uh, where he began to have communion with the Lord, amen. And the Bible said in verse 3 and 4 again in chapter 13, he went on his ways, uh, went on his journeys uh, from the south even to Bethel and the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Between Bethel and Hai, near the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And so Egypt, uh, the world, is always down. Uh, the church and spirituality is always up. And uh, you know this, I'm just reminding you of these things tonight, but when you study the book of Romans chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8, uh, you'll see how that the things of the flesh will bring you down, but the things of the Spirit will bring you up. Uh, you read Romans 6 and 7, Paul, uh, God lets Paul tell us and describe to us and show us that this great apostle Paul had problems with his flesh, amen. He had problems with Saul. It's Saul or Paul, amen. You can't have both. And so Paul uh, tells us that he says, I'm doing the things that I don't want to do and I'm not doing the things that I need to do. And so Paul had that struggle with his flesh. But I love when you get to chapter number eight. Uh, some of that uh, we get victory over it, amen. Uh, and, and for the first time, matter of fact, in the book of Romans, Paul begins to talk about the Spirit of God and how the Spirit indwells us and how the Spirit helps us and how the Spirit prays for us and all of these things. And so I praise God uh, uh, for that tonight. Uh, when he gets back, he, he gets back to the altar. He gets back to call on God. Uh, he gets his worship back, his fellowship back, and his communion back. Amen. Amen. I think it's safe to say Abraham had revival. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's also safe to say that our lack of consistency in spiritual victories is connected, I believe, to our vacant places in prayer. Uh, do you have a place where you meet with God? Amen. Amen. I have multiple places. Amen. 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 But I do have some specific places. I can't say that word again. Those places, amen. Yeah, I got a couple at the house where I pray a lot. Amen. So Abraham was an altar builder who felt the need to commune with God. Somebody said when the glory of God and the love of Christ and the need for souls are revealed to us, the fire of unceasing intercession will begin to burn in us for those who are near and for those who are afar off. 
Uh, it's got to be revealed to us, though. God's got to birth it in our heart. Uh, you know, I'll never pray for Denmark like I need to unless God really shows me 5.8 million souls that's going to hell. Really? And when I see that, when I understand that, God opens my heart up to that. That's going to burden me, amen. And I want to pray for them people. They're in the dark. They need light, amen. And we got a man going, and we're going to pray for him, amen. Amen. And so I'm saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, guess what, folks? This church tonight, we're dependent. I'm dependent on your prayers. And may God grant us tonight a fresh vision of how important a prayer life is. And, you know, we got to get away from having a prayer time and have a prayer life. That's a big difference, amen. Amen. I'm told prayer in 1620 safely guided the Mayflower with the pilgrims into a new world. Prayer in 1623 saved the Pilgrim Fathers from starvation. Prayer in 1777 at Valley Forge saved the Continental Army and won the war for American independence. Amen. Uh, prayer in 1918 ended World War I and a lack of prayer started World War II. How the lack of prayer today in our churches truly presents a great hindrance to the moving of the power of God. Amen. Amen. I tell you, they've said it for years, little little prayer, little power. No no prayer, no power. But if you can have some prayer, you can have some power. Amen. What our problem is, we're too busy to have the power. You got to pray to have it. Amen. Moses prayed and saved the nation from death in the grave. Joshua prayed and the sun stood still. His enemies fell in Valley Hill. Had a pray. God gave her a son, a nation back to the Lord she won. Solomon prayed for wisdom. Then God made him the wisest of mortal men. Elijah prayed with great desire. God gave him rain and sent the fire. Jonah prayed. God heard his well. He quickly delivered him from the well. Three Hebrew boys prayed through flame they trod. They had as a comrade the Son of God. Elisha prayed with strong emotion. He got the mantle and a double portion. Daniel prayed the lion's claws were held by the angels who locked their jaws. Ten lepers prayed to the priest, were sent. Glory to God, they were healed as they went. The thief, he prayed for mercy, cried. He went with Christ to paradise. The church, she prayed and got a shot when Peter answered her prayer with a knock. But we'll later uh, uh, study this. Abram stopped praying and the cities fell with all their sins into hell. So when Christians pray as they prayed of yore, with living faith for souls implore, in one accord united we stand. Revival fire shall sweep the land, and sinners shall be converted be, and all the world's God's glory shall see. And so we got to have communion with God. Uh, Somebody said that for all you know, your prayer may be the one thing on which an event turns. When you really think about that, it'll cause you to pray. Amen. Andrew Murray said that. Uh, For all you know, uh, your prayer may be uh, on which an event takes its turn. You have the power to pray and we can have power in prayer. Amen. Amen. Oh, I've studied these prayer warriors a lot and the, the, pray, the praying power that they had and, and how they moved the hand of God through prayer, amen. And I thank God for that. And so I'm saying tonight, could it be that Egypt has got our attention? 
Abraham's beginnings was at an altar. Uh, really, if you think about it, our beginning was at an altar somewhere. I know everybody's not saved at a church altar per se, but you made an altar somewhere. Uh, I guess Miss Helen made her altar in her car going down the road a couple months ago and prayed going down the road and got saved. Uh, we know a lot of people, we know, was it Zach, is that kids? He got saved up in the tree, I believe. And so people get saved everywhere. That They made an altar there. We started our lives out probably in an altar somewhere. That's right. And so we build on that. But I want to say that Abraham was uh, not the only one that had altars. Amen. Uh, Genesis 8.20, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Genesis 35, 1, and God said unto Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God. Yes. Exodus 17, 15, and Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. Uh, Joshua 8, 30, then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel at Mount Ebal. Second. Yeah. Samuel 24, 21, and Aaron said, Wherefore is my Lord the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. So we can see there's many altars built for many reasons, amen. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I'm told, as I said, sometime uh, the altar is uh, not only a place where you come and you can leave your burdens, but it's a place where you can come get a burden, Amen. And many times in Scripture, many times and more than more than so, is the altar we know is there for death. It represents death. Right. You get a, get on the altar to die to yourself and die to the flesh and all of these things. And many times we have found ourselves a praying somewhere on our Oh God, help me, Amen. Amen. And so we thank God for the altar. And I said in a recent service that the A L T A R. Can A L T E R your life? Yes, yes. The altar can alter your life. Uh, matter of fact, anytime you get down and get serious about praying, your life can be altered Amen. by the very hand of God. Amen. And so uh, I would challenge you tonight the altar uh, is. Uh, have an altar in your life. It'll help you get right, stay right, be right, and do right. If you spend much time at the altar, I encourage you, challenge you to uh, have you a place where you pray. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember years ago, my, my little brother, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he made me an altar, a wooden altar. Amen. I've got it, still got it in my house. This was years ago. And a matter of fact, I still pray on that altar. I've got a couple of them, amen. I got one in my study, and uh, uh, but uh, it's a, wo- a literal wooden altar, amen. I got my sheepskin on there, and I I got on that I got on the altar this morning, I'm praying uh, this morning. Uh, so you don't have to literally have that, amen. Uh, but you need a place where you bow your head and you meet with God. It could be at your kitchen table, amen. Could be at the foot of your bed. Could be at the dinner table somewhere. But pr- please pray, amen. amen. Please seek the Lord. Have a place where you pray and spend time with God. And I'm not just talking five minutes, okay? I'm talking about spending some time with God. Clear you out of place. Sometimes we go up there to what we call the prayer sack. We need to go again sometime. And spend several hours in prayer. Spend days in prayer. 
And I, I remember I used to preach on prayer a lot and still do quite often. And I, I remember a dear lady met me after the service. After one night I talked about praying all day, she said, what in the world do you pray about all day? Yeah. <laughs> but prayer is just not asking God for things, and you know that. Right. There's a lot involved. He's communing with the Lord. You worship the Lord at the altar of prayer. You repent at the altar. You get right with God at the altar. You worship God. You, you adore the Lord. You yeah. praise him. I, I, I have a song book. I sing songs to the Lord on the altar sometimes. Hey. I worship God. Amen. I stay there. And listen, it's, it's to be a, a dialogue. I'm to talk to him and he's to talk to me. Hey. Uh, prayer is not to be a one-sided conversation. Though most people's lives, prayer time is a one a one-sided conversation. You say, why? Because most people don't stay there long enough to hear the voice of God speak back to them. We get down our altars and we hurry and we can do our little thing that we're supposed to do. We throw it our list and say, Lord, we want all these things, and we leave him sitting there. That's an average prayer time. This is what we want. See you, see you later, Lord. No. Listen, I know this goes against our flesh and the society in which we live in. And I know that many of you dear folk tonight, you are literally, and, and I, I understand this, you are literally pressed for time. You are so busy with your life. I understand that, okay? I, I'm not against that to a point. But if, my dear friends, if you don't have time to spend with the Lord, I, I would dare say, and I'm not being mean or ugly, but I would dare say you probably need to, you need to rearrange your schedule a little bit. Because you'll never be the, you'll never be the believer God wants you to be without prayer and Bible time. It's just, it's just you've got to have that. And I know people schedule, okay, I, I'm back on the schedule. I know that. But you have got to make the time to do it. Oh, you'll, never, you'll never become a spiritual being. You can't have it without it. You cannot be spiritual without prayer. You can't be spiritual without reading in the Word and studying the Word. And guess what? That takes time. Time is an essence in our life. It's, it's something that we have to deal with. It's going to be wonderful when we get to heaven and get into eternity. And we won't have no time clocks or time pieces no more. Amen. Oh no, won't have to get in a hurry. Don't have to be no worry. Don't have to be no worry. We'll just be there. Amen. Ain't that gonna be great? That's gonna be great. Amen. That's gonna be wonderful. Amen. But guess what? We're not there yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? Are you gonna have time for God? Amen. Do you have time? For prayer? Amen. Yeah. You have time for Jesus? Amen. Or is he more like a spare tire in your life? And you throw him in the trunk and you get him out only when something goes bad. That's right. I'm not going to serve the Lord like that if he'll help me. Amen. Amen. He deserves way much more than that. Amen. He deserves my attention. Amen. I've said this many times over the years. If the Lord has to, has to uh, 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 fight for your attention, he's probably never won your affection. Amen. Because if you really love him, uh, don't we spend time with people we love? Amen. You want to be with them? Is that not right? Amen. 
We got some newlyweds here. And guess what? They want to be with each other. And I promise you that. Amen. You say, why? Because that's what newlyweds do. Hey, I'm going to be with my wife. We've been married for 35 years, almost 35 years. I like to be around my wife. I like to spend time with her. Amen. I like to be in her presence. Amen. Because I love her. You want to be around people you love, right? You know why I love coming to Temple Baptist Church? Because I love you people. I love you people. You're my brothers and my sisters. And I love you. And I want to be around you. And some of you are asking me how to eat more often than you do. We'll fellowship and eat and have fun. Amen. You know, years ago, the old man of God, he'd go, to, he'd go to the houses of the people of God. He'd be invited over on Sunday. Come over and eat with us, preacher. We got a feast cooking. We don't have time for that no more. So we go, we go, to, we go to Mr. C's. <laughs> Burger King. And, uh, and I ain't against none of that, but I tell you, we come a long way in America. I mean, the average household probably never has time if you really think about it, just to sit down and have a home-cooked meal anymore and just sit around the table and actually talk to each other. Amen. It's sad, isn't it? Amen. But you know what? You spend, you, you're going to spend, spend time with people that you love. Right. That's right. right. Amen. Right. And so you love Jesus, you, you're going to be spending time with him. Amen. Matter of fact, I dare say that if you don't spend time with him, yes. you don't love him very much. Right, right, right. You probably don't love him very much. See, I'm not talking about loving him with, with my head. I'm talking about a heartfelt love. Something that pulls me to him. And he's pulled to me. Love. I want to be in his presence, don't you? Oh, man, it's wonderful. So build an altar and have you a place where you meet with God. Yes, sir. And I would say daily. 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 Every day. Amen. Some days it's not it's going to be as in depth as others. But Every day, right. you need to talk to the Lord, and you need to read at least a few verses. Some days you'll have more time, and you can read more, and pray more, and pray longer, spend more time with Him. Take advantage of the time that God gives you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm 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 feeling this this urgency with time in my life because I'm got so much older now, and you know this. This urgency of time weighs on me. And I want to make sure that I spend sufficient time with him Amen. and his work. Amen. Yeah. And guess what? You have to make time to do it. Right. And so I challenge you to do that this week. I challenge you. Amen. If you ain't really got a good altar, hey, you might even want to build you one or go buy you one or get, get somebody to make you one. I tell you, Brother Matthew out there, he's, we found out he's a carpenter. He's a carpenter. And we, we, we're gonna have, he's going to have a whole line of list of people who want altars now. Sorry, buddy. 
We done found out one of your skills, amen. We won't use it. He says, oh, no. He said, looking around, me? Yep. Yep, you. Amen. I don't need one, though. I got one. My, bro- my, 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 brother, my brother built mine, amen. And uh, my brother's been in heaven for several years now, and I, I got on that old-fashioned altar, and I think about him. And I, you know what it makes me do? It makes me pray for his family. Amen. And I've, been, I've, I've had a real heavy burden for his kids. His children need God, probably. And so uh, uh, make your place. You may not have a physical altar, but find your place to pray. Amen. Commune with God. Amen. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. Thank you.